You can find out more on my Instagram at Quiet Fire Radio. Welcome back to Quiet Fire. I'm thrilled now to bring on the show the lead singer of New Sydney band Monstrous. Sarah, how are you today? Good, good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. I've been giving Butterfly a spin on the show the last few weeks after hearing it online. How has the reaction been so far? It's been really Really good. Much better than I expected. We had our first gig at the Gasoline Pony in Marrickville. And there were some close friends, but, you know, a lot of faces I hadn't recognized for a while. So it was really good. And everyone was, you know, wooing and clapping and having a good time. So I was really happy. It may have been the alcohol, but, you know, <laughs> you know, it was, they seemed to be enjoying it, which I was, yeah, I was really happy with. That's super exciting. Yeah. So the band is really, really fresh. Uh, was, it, was this sort of a quarantine project that's emerged for you guys? No. So we started like two years ago and then we started recording and then isolation hit and we were like, oh, so we can't. So we had planned so many gigs and all that. And then it all hit at once and we're like, oh, we're going to have to just take a break for a while. And so it kind of sucked, but yeah. No, it would have been two years in the making. <laughs> and do you want to give me a little bit of a background about the other members of the band? I take it that you guys were um, sort of old friends, but also you seem to be classically trained. Is that the right term? Or how are you guys uh, learning, learned your instruments? Yeah, so three of us have gone to the Conservatorium of Sydney and... Two of us are still there. So that's Jenna Lewis on saxophone. She's studying a Bachelor of Improvisation on saxophone. And it's very different from jazz, but it's, uh, she loves it. Um, very free and stuff. And then Abby Constable, the drummer, she studies um, Bachelor of Music in jazz. So that's why a lot of like jazz drummers come off come up to me after the gig and they're just like frothing over Abby's playing because it's so technically just, she practices so much and you can tell and her ears are just so huge. I mean, all the girls, their ears are just so huge. And then Jade, she studied composition at the con for a year or so, but now she studies business at UTS. So <laughs> a bit different, but she, um, she practices a hell of a lot too. And then I, I'm about to finish my Bachelor of Music in Jazz, like finishing with honours this year, which I'm really excited for. But we met in the Young Women's Jazz Ensembles that happen at the Conservatorium. So these like little ensembles to get more young women in music, like staying in music. And then we met and then our friendship kind of continued because we all started to gig and then we would catch each other at a gig or play together coincidentally and it was fantastic and then we had the young women's jazz orchestra with ellen kirkwood and from there you know we just it was kind of me who i said to myself i would listen to these girls and think yes i definitely want to start a band with these girls like these girls know how to play like <laughs> you know they're gonna make me sound really good you know, because they just sound so good. The approach is totally different from, you know, a lot of the bands I have on the show are just kind of three chord punk bands, obviously don't have the training behind them that you guys do. How is mm -hmm. the approach to writing music different between the two? I mean, I imagine that 
everybody's got a bar or a, a bar to reach when they come in into the rehearsals. It's not, you know, a couple of beers deep and a, bit, a little bit hungover. <laughs> it's, it's quite a serious matter, isn't it? Look, we try to take it easy. I mean, there has been instances, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> that we've all shown up a bit hungover to rehearsal. I mean, that's just every, every musician. I feel like no matter how, I reckon even the classical musos for sure show up hungover sometimes. But uh, in terms of like composition, I did, we do come in with like, I came in kind of with a lot to start with, but I'm hoping we write more collaboratively later. But I knew kind of coming in that these girls, they improvise, like that's their jam. Like that's what they do. That's what they practice. They practice to improvise. So I knew that my idea didn't have to be that big for it to get huge the minute I met, I entered the rehearsal space. Like they would make it much bigger than it is and that's what they did. Like I would usually come in with like one or two bass riffs or like a melody line or something like that. Or, and then they would just drive it. And I love that kind of process of being like, yes, this is good. You're adding to the music. And that's why it's more of a band than say like, you know, the old kind of jazz quintets where it's like Miles Davis band or Ray Brown's band. It's like, no, this is like a band. We're all working together. We're all improvising together, but it's like collaborative. It's a bit iffy because of the spoken word thing. It's a bit like the creative process is different to your every, everyday kind of jazz rehearsal that we were, we were used to kind of, or we are used to. Well, that's interesting because yeah. that's, that was sort of my next question because I ask a few of these questions from ignorance, so feel free to just disagree with me. But I guess you guys train so meticulously in the music and the composition itself, but the lyric writing and I guess like creating lyrics to put over the songs is, I'm guessing, not part of that training so much. How does that enter the fold? Was that something that you had wanted to do or it just came down to you to put some lyrics to the song? Yeah, so I was always, I've been writing all of kind of the lyrics in for the band and I was a bit of a drama geek in high school. So I always loved theater and performance and I love films, I love reading. I have too many books that I haven't read yet. And I love poetry. And I didn't realize I loved poetry until, you know, like, it just popped up on my feed once one day of like this slam poet and he was like reciting his love poem, but it was so different to the poetry that, you know, you read like John Keats or whatever. So different because it's like so much more like interactive and, and, be, and because it's so modern, it's so easy to like relate to. And I was watching him do this love poem and I like started crying I don't know, I may have been hormonal or something, but it was just, it was so beautiful. And I was like, this is like, this is what I want. This is what, how I want to like reach people because especially like gigging with jazz and blues bands, it's hard to really connect with an audience the way you would like to, because it's just not the music of today. You know, like that's not kind of in the mainstream. It's not what people kind of relate to much anymore as it did like 40 years ago or so. So, I mean, for some, yes, but for majority, no. And so I feel like the spoken word thing can really kind of, it's different, but it can really kind of hit people if you 
angle it the right way, which I think will be, which I, which I hope to do in the music. Just to push it a little bit further, what exactly <laughs> is this song about lyrically? It opens with the tall and handsome man, of course. Um, he <laughs> yeah. wasn't the first slam poet that you saw, was it? No, no, no. <laughs> no. I think I kind of explain it as, I mean, Jade, the piano player, she, she thought it was about me losing my virginity, but it definitely wasn't. <laughs> and I always tell people, you know, because they've asked, a few people have asked me, oh, what's the song about and stuff? And I'm like, oh, lady never tells. But <laughs> it's kind of a bunch of kind of instances where, you know, I feel like a lot of my friends have experiences as well, young women, you know, kind of early 20s, experiencing kind of that sexual liberation and that kind of that connection to our body. And I didn't want it to seem like it all happened because of this tall and handsome man. It's more of a reflection on how she was feeling in that moment and how it changed her. It's not the attachment sort of she has or like she's dependent on him. It's the fact that it's, she has grown from it. So it's not just kind of about one kind of instance of, of it. It's so many instances of it. And it's like, yeah, from just talking to all the girls, I know this feeling of just growing up a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a beautiful song. I definitely get that from the lyrics. What can we expect? I know that you've got your first EP coming out in a couple of weeks. October 23rd. October 23rd is the release of your EP. How many mm-hmm. songs are on it and what can we expect thematically from the EP? Yeah, so there's going to be four tunes on it. There's only one that's spoken word and that is Butterfly. <laughs> the rest are I'm, I'm singing. But I guess they're all quite different. But like we have one f- kind of funky kind of soul piece um, where I gave the... I wanted a chance for the girls to improvise, to show their skills as improvisers. And then I have another tune called Rage. And that's what the EP is called. It's called Rage. And it's kind of about, this is one of my favorite tunes because it's angled from the, a woman is telling the story of another woman kind of getting angry and it's really scary. And she's really scary because I kind of see anger as this emotion that's like, you know, it's such a negative emotion, but at the same time, it's so needed. Like everyone kind of needs to know what it feels like in order to learn how to control it. And I feel like a lot of, you know, young ladies or, you know, even when I see my mom or like women in my life, like older women who have been so happy to just express themselves whether it be anger or disgust or whatever they're so happy happy to just express themselves and it can be so empowering that they're just like they can do this now like it's it's not unladylike or it's not impolite it's just like no they're just expressing themselves just like everybody else does so that's one of my favorite tunes on there and I kind of wrote it kind of after my mom because my mom she's this little little lady and she's so sweet but if she gets angry, it is like she could change like the world. <laughs> so we've got, oh, we've got another tune called Mess on there. And Mess is about, you know, just kind of not caring anymore, not caring about social expectations, not caring about stereotypes, and just kind of owning the fact that 
I don't want to have to give in to this world that keeps telling me to do certain things. I just want to just live my life the way I want to live it and not feel guilty and stuff. So it's more about just kind of liberating the whole kind of EP. I guess the theme is just liberating yourself and just owning your feelings and just really embracing them for what they are and just accepting them. Yeah. Now the EP was recorded with the assistance of Michael Wheatley, who's obviously like a prominent Sydney performer in a bunch of aspects. He's, spent a lot of time on stage. I mean, I, I, I know him personally. He's an awesome dude. Can you tell me about mm-hmm. how you guys connected to put this EP together and I guess why he was the right fit for your first EP? So we were in a band together. I was in his band. I had filled in as the bass player. So I, I've known him for a couple of years now. And I got that kind of referral through one of my mates who's a guitarist called Daniel Holmes. And so, yeah, we started playing together a lot. He, I kind of think of him and there are a bunch of others who I was part of bands of, like I was, I'm part of a blues band with John Hardacker and some people older than me. I kind of see them as the education I didn't get from uni because he taught me about Sly and the Family Stone. He taught me how to be funky. He taught me how to groove. He taught me how to sit in the pocket. And, you know, because being a jazz, like studying jazz, it's also like meticulous and technical and, you know, but with him, it was like simple bass lines, just groove, like groove your heart out, sit in the pocket. That's what it's about as a bass player. So he taught me so much and he really amped up my musical kind of taste. And then I know that he has an at-home studio and I've heard some of his stuff in the, in the past. So I always knew he was fantastic and one day I had sent him recordings of myself playing bass and singing the four tunes that are on the track. And it was such a crap recording. It was awful. It was like basically done on my phone. So bad. I sent it to him and I was like, Michael, I want to start this whole thing. I don't know if it's really like, if it's cool or whatever, I don't know. And he came back and the response was, I made my year. Honestly, it was so good. He was just like, no, we should definitely do this. I want to help produce it. So he's like producer on it and he helped me so much. And then I found out that he produced Candy Royale's stuff. I don't know if you know Candy Royale, but she's also a slam poet. And then I started listening to her stuff. She's a Sydney, she, I think she was based in Sydney. She sadly passed away, but she, her stuff was so amazing. And then after listening to that, I was like, definitely Michael I had full trust in him like whatever whatever kind of suggestions he had I was like yes yes definitely yes 100% yes I bet my life on it amazing like he just he knew exactly what he was doing the whole time he knew like his ears were just made for it which was fantastic so yeah you guys have had the opportunity as well to return to the live space as you just said you've just done your first gig at gasoline Pony. Have you got some more coming up? I mean, I guess I had an experimental band on last week and I kind of put my foot in it. I said that experimental music thrives in the live setting, you know, mm-hmm. to a degree that it's not able to really kind of explore when you're mm-hmm. re- when you're recording to some degree. And the band said, well, we haven't actually played any live shows yet. And this was a band who's been together for three or four years. What would I know? Yeah. I, just, I just host a radio show. I don't know. But feel free to respond to that. Do you, do you sort of agree or disagree that, I mean, I think when you're trying to create something that is deliberately improvised and experimental, the opportunity to sort of 
you know, you put out an EP and it feels, it doesn't feel like a finished product, more so just, I guess, a framework for how you can go and present your, your things live and then explore from there as well. Am I accurate or totally wrong? No, there's definitely, I mean, that's what I was always kind of scared of, to be honest. I was scared of like the EP sounding so much better for one than the actual live stuff. And I was talking to Michael about this and he was like, no, like, don't worry. It's going to sound so much better live. Cause you know, cause the EP, you have to make it sound good. Like you have to make it sound like it is the best thing in the whole world. But so that's what I was, I was like, I don't know what it's going to be like live. Like we can't do like delay and stuff like that. You know, like we're just some jazz kids. Like we have no idea. And he was like, no, trust me. It's going to be fine because like, especially the old jazz albums that I listen to, the best ones are always the live ones. Like, especially even the, even the contemporary artists, like The Who and all of those guys, like, you listen to their live albums, they're so much better than the actual studio albums, I feel like, a lot of the time. And especially with this kind of, with our music, it was, because it's quite slow and quite, like, you have to kind of really listen. It's not kind of like something you just chuck on and then you can work out to. You know, this is something that you kind of have to sit there and listen to. That live setting, I find, is so much better. And we had, when we were going into the recording, we were like, okay, we're going to do it like this, like this, like this, like this. It was very kind of, you know, clinical and all of this. And then when we were like, when we were performing live, because we know how to communicate on stage to be like, yeah, keep this going. Or like, yeah, we're just like working into this part a bit more. We were able to explore and because you're working off the audience too they're saying like what are they like gearing for like what do they want and then you can kind of keep it going in a certain direction and it's so much more fun and it's so much more fun to explore that way and there's just so much more ideas just being chucked around and we're just grasping for them and really experimenting with them so yeah I mean I love the live aspect I always say people come come to the live show because it's going to be so much better than the actual EP. And we do have a show on the 23rd of October at Lazy Bones Lounge Marrickville for the EP launch. There won't just be songs off our EP. It'll be a couple of other new ones as well. So definitely go, go watch live music. It's so much better. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much, Sarah. So October 23rd at Lazy Bones, October 23rd, the release of the new EP, Rage. If I wanted to find out more about the band, where would I go, Sarah? I mean, we have a website, Monstrous Band. We have Facebook, I mean, Instagram. Um, Jenna, the sax player, wrote these awesome little bios about us. What else? I mean, just send us a little DM and be like, hey, <laughs> we'll uh -huh. probably reply. <laughs> slide um, into our DMs. Slide into our DMs for sure. But I mean, come to the live show and just meet us and we're happy to say hello and the girls are amazing. I'm so bloody grateful to have them in my life. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. To take us out today, I'm going to be playing your lead single, Butterfly. Would you like to give me a little introduction to that? Uh, hi, my name is Sarah. I'm the band leader of Monstrous, and this is our new single, Butterfly. <laughs> 